The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Disability Matters with your host, Joyce Bender. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. Now the host of Disability Matters, here's Joyce Bender. And welcome to the show, everyone. We have a great show for you today because, as you know, on this show, it's all about improving quality of life for Americans with disabilities, and that is right on target with our guest today, Dr. Tom Keating, Institute Director at Eugene Research Institute and Adjunct Professor in Oregon. And we also have with us Tom Smith, Carl Smith, who is the founder of Accelerations Educational Software. Actually, they do all so much more, and they're involved in so many things that I don't know how they have time to do anything, but we'll talk about that on the show today. But first, Tom and Carl, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Um, I'm going to start with you, uh, Tom. Then we'll move on to Carl, but I wanted to ask you why you became involved with software that opens the door to communication and learning. Uh, we'll start with you. Okay, sure. Uh, well, I grew up in a large family, and one of my seven brothers uh, experiences autism, and that's James. Uh, he's four years younger than me, and there's another brother named Francis between us. Three of us were always kind of a unit within my family. And uh, in 1974, when I was about 21, I moved from New York, where we were raised, to Oregon, to finish undergraduate school. Uh, Francis, the uh, middle brother, came out sometime after that. And every time I'd call him and talk with James, he'd basically ask, you know, when am I coming out? You know, he wanted to be part of the, the crew and get out, of, get out of his parents' house, just like the rest of us had. So in the summer of 1981, I broached the topic with my folks, and at the end of that summer, James came out to share a house with Francis and me in Eugene, Oregon, where we all still live. Uh, although we're no longer, uh, we don't no longer share the same house. Uh, well, when James moved out, he had a lot of challenges uh, related to his autism, and one of the things we were trying to do was to channel his love of shopping and spending money in a constructive way that worked with the fact that he didn't have a lot of money to spend. So we tried creating a weekly budget together, and it was kind of like torture because this was before PCs, or right around when PCs were just starting to proliferate. And we were using pencil and paper, and my brother's a real shop-to-you-drop kind of guy, so when we were doing budget, he didn't take it very well, and I had to tell him that there was no more money to budget. Well, in the mid-'80s, when Macintoshes came out, uh, Apple Macintosh computers, uh, we were able to use a graphic user interface, and uh, I was able to create a, a, a column of characters in a spreadsheet that showed him graphically how his money grew or shrank, depending on what he was spending. And when the column shrank to zero, I pointed to the computer and I said, look, James, the computer says you don't have anything left to spend. And it was really amazing the difference between me being able to point to the computer and make the computer the bad guy for telling him that versus me telling him. He dealt with it a lot better. And it was a real aha moment and something I've found to be true ever since, that people would rather be told what to do by machines rather than by other people. The second insight that came from that was that we weren't really just budgeting his money. We were planning his activities for the week and giving him some control over those choices and some predictability about what he was doing uh, and making sure he had the money he needed was really important to him. So those two things together gave me a sense that technology could be a really powerful tool for self-management and were a motivating factor in getting me to finish a Ph.D. and be in a position to seek grant funding to pursue development in this area. Wow. It's amazing how personal issues can impact your life. I would know that because, as the listeners know, I'm living with epilepsy. Mm -hmm. And in 1985, I had a near-fatal experience. My epilepsy was misdiagnosed by the family doctor. 
and one evening I'm at the movie theater, and I had a tonic seizure, and I hit the floor so hard I fractured my skull and had an intracranial brain hemorrhage and ended up um, having life-saving brain surgery. So, you know, (laughs) look how that impacted my life because after that I made a decision that, you know, I was going to help people with disabilities gain employment. But as you just showed, personal things in your life have such an impact. Sure. Well, that's a great story. Um, how about you? Um, basically, I, I, um, I had a child with autism, and so I'm kind of, you know, working at the other end of it where, you know, the, the, the individual doesn't even necessarily start out with much in the way of uh, learning or communication skills. and. You know, my son was definitely on that more severe uh, end. At uh, basically at um, you know one and a half, we saw him starting to go downhill. At you know one, he's, he was actually learning language and starting to say things and so on. And by one and a half, that that had gone away. By two and a half, uh, he had been in early intervention for <clears throat> about nine months, and yet uh, going down uh, downhill from there. And by that time, he you know his language basically or. Uh, his utterances were down to about mum 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 mum, and uh, just stemming on the sound. And you know he, you know, you would uh, respond to a sharp, you know, if you said sugar cookie, you know, just really sharply, he would he would uh, or anything sharply, he would freeze. But other than that, his language, his ability to understand anything had had gone away. Um, so he had fallen off that cliff that you so often see in you know in in autism. And um, and yet he had been an early intervention, you know, through that uh, through that time, and basically just wasn't working. And we found that he had autism, and our, actually my wife uh, Elsa had read a book about, you know, a father you know, describing her own his own child, and he was basically uh, describing Carl. And um, so we got in, you know, into the ABA stuff. We found out about applied behavioral analysis, had all sorts of research behind it. The Surgeon General, National Academy of Scientists, uh, recommended the methodology for individuals with uh, with autism. Uh, we got him into an intensive program, and, uh, you know, his some areas started really taking off pretty quickly, but his language still was very, very, very hard, you know, for him. His just wiring just wasn't there anymore. Or there was some other neurological problems, but but it took uh, took several months even just to understand the difference between ball and block or little simple objects or whatever. It was coming along. His ability to imitate sounds was actually coming along fairly uh, fairly quickly. Um, but when I, one of the things that I, I saw there is that, yes, he could learn, but it was taking Herculean efforts. And, you know, I don't know how much, you know, the, you know, the cost of every little item, you know, every little, you know, receptive um, label that he was learning, you know, how much that cost, but it was, it was actually quite a substantial amount of money. And, you know, I'm an electrical computer engineer, and I've been on the peripheral of, uh, of education, psychology. And I was more into cognitive psychology than behavioral psychology, but uh, behavioral psychology seemed to say more about what to do at this point. So, um, you know, I, I saw that, that uh, you know, the methods that, that were being used are very data-driven and, you know, lend themselves to, uh, to automation. And then uh, the whole world in the computer uh, you know, the, the computer's ability to create reinforcers is just, you know, there's a whole world of things in that, that virtual world that we could do to, you know, um, gain the attention of these, these kids. So we basically, you know, what I could see is that we could create tools that these kids could learn on their own, you know, applying the same methodologies. And it turned out there was actually researchers like Dr. Robert Stromer and, and others that had been, you know, showing that, that in fact behavioral methodologies, you know, could be you know, automated, and uh, so I, over time, I'd hooked up with, with, uh, you know, some of the uh, uh, researchers and academics and, and experts and other experts in the area, and uh, I had created initially created the the DT trainer for for my son. He started adapting, you know, he started responding to it. He responded to it pretty immediately, and then you know, we got it out to school districts, and you know, it's just come on from there. But basically, it's it's another personal you know connection and. Having the background to be able to do uh, something about it, and um, um, you know, and then and you know, and uh, you know, creating tools, identifying fundamental problems, and obviously, if the kids can't understand, you know, language, they're not going to be able to. You know, it's a prerequisite for expressive language. So the first tool really understands or works on concepts and 
and receptive language. But anyway. Another personal story. Well, let me ask you, that: how, how is that going with your son? Well, uh, he's come a long ways, although with autism there's, you know, there's so many different areas and so many different issues to, uh, you know, to deal with and so on. He's, he's definitely been, a, you know, when he's harder to educate uh, individuals. Um, he's not completely, I mean, he can, he can say things, he can respond to things, but he's not completely, um, you know, like uh, conversational as of yet. We're actually, uh, we've always had him in public education and trying to work with the schools to improve services. Um, and, um, you know, the, the, uh, the services, you know, it's, 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 it's taken a long time for the services to be appropriate. And, and where I'm living, the first autism school, the, you know, the ABA school, finally is there, and now we're trying to get them in for a half a day that would really focus on that uh, expressive language part. Um, and that's going to have a big, I mean, he's got a lot of foundational skills, and he loves to go places. We threw change at him all the time. He loves to travel. He loves to be, I'm at a conference now, and he would love to be here. He would love to have be in the hotel and, the, and the, you know, taking the plane and all that. We go on bike rides. We, you know, we, we do a um, uh, we we do a lot of things, but he um, but what really is going to uh, you know the the missing linky or the missing part that he has right now the whole that he has is is um, is you know, is basically be you know being fully conversational so that 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 hits kind of a critical mass and it's able to come along uh, on its own. But I've seen seen places in the past where um, you know he has a lot of a lot of strengths, but then some. Some splinter deficits, and you know, once you hit, you know, fill in those deficits, then all those surrounding strengths come into play, and and that whole area pops. So, you know, we don't know how long or how far he's going to come, but we do know that the 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 more actually he's he's able to to use his language in a conversational um, way, you know, that you know that or you know this you know focusing on that for a while. Um, will have impacts on his academic areas and, and really have, have a, a major, um, you know, uh, trajectory, uh, you know, uh, you know uh, change or influence, whatever, you know, for the rest of his life. So we're really wanting to get that, uh, you know, and, and unfortunately, um, you know, these services, I mean, these services should have been available 20 years ago, you know, in, in all the areas. And, and uh, unfortunately, it's, it's taken a long time for those to, you know, to come into place. But um, anyway, I mean, he's got some good strengths, but, you know, these these kids, I mean, you, just, you, you don't really appreciate what uh, kind of a neurotypical uh, learner um, you know, gains on their own until you, you work with, with an individual that has, you know, very, very severe learning, you know, disabilities. And then, and then and you're having to go through, you know, uh, you know, painstakingly teach almost everything we need them to know. And, um, and, and then you just appreciate what they, you know, the, these other people, you know, can learn on their own. But, right. But that's where right. technology can help. I mean, you know, we can't, we don't have enough people time to, to you know, or enough money to basically pay all the people to, to teach these things. But technology, you know, it leverages people, you know, human resources. And, and um, we get the kids learning more on their own time, being able to communicate, you know, these other, you know, assistive uh, devices and stuff, being able to leverage their skills and compensate for, um, you know, uh, four areas that, uh, you know, they may be a little weak in, um, you know, that's just going to take the further, the child further on virtually the same, the same dollar. And un- unfortunately, a lot of this comes down to economics. Yeah. Well, with that, listen, we're going to go to break and then we'll be right back with Tom and Carl to talk about this assistive technology that can change the world. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. Each week, Jimmy Gould brings you the stories and the people that you want to hear about. 
Tune in to A Current Life to hear about the journey to success, how our guests became the people they are today, and the highs and lows they experienced along the way. Each hour will leave you inspired and entertained as Jimmy gets up close and personal with every week's guest and shares ideas you can identify with and apply to your own life. A Current Life with Jimmy Gould airs Fridays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Tune in to the Hoffman Connection for inspiration, a life of passion and purpose. Hosts Raz and Grossi and Ed McLoon will bring you ways to remove the blocks in your life that are holding you back. Along with their guest experts, Raz and Ed will use their experience and expertise to help you learn to get closer to what matters to you most. And by doing so, improve your life and the lives of others. The Hoffman Connection can be heard live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. If you just joined us, we're talking really about how technology enables communication and living. We have Dr. Tom Keating, Institute Director from Eugene Research Institute, and Carl Smith, founder of Accelerations Educational Software. So, Carl and Tom, how did you two become acquainted, and what is it you do together? Um. Well, Joyce, actually, Carl and I don't work directly together, uh, but we're both in a pretty small corner of the technology world that focuses on applications for individuals with cognitive disabilities. And we got acquainted through exhibiting at different assistive technology shows around the country. Um, you know, as someone who has been involved on the business side of things for longer than I have, Carl has given me some helpful advice along the way, and uh, I generally run into him anytime uh, I'm at a, a, a technology trade show uh, showing uh, our picture planner software. Wow. So, I mean, did you two start partnering together then on different issues? We're not, we don't directly partner, but we, uh, as I say, there aren't, there's only a handful of us who are working in this area of cognitively accessible software and uh, some of what Carl does also has a, a functional uh, you know independent skills kind of element which is the area that we're in you know my my efforts are focused uh, pretty much exclusively in self-management software that enables people with uh, cognitive disabilities to create personal schedules to uh, get task prompts for accomplishing different things uh, around their house or, or in the community. Uh, and uh, the first uh, product that we came out with to enable that was Picture Planner. It's an ICOM-based uh, visual scheduling software application that uh, lets users create calendars by selecting from picture arrays in a very systematic and task analytic way, and I and I think that's probably another point of uh, uh, convergence between what Carl does and what I do is that I I, I also come out of a, uh, a background of applied behavior analysis and have used those methods extensively over the years in trying to help support my brother, who, as I mentioned earlier, had some serious challenges when he first moved out of our parents' house and came to live with me in Oregon, you know, some significant behavioral challenges that he was experiencing. And uh, I think the, the one, one of the things that's reflected in our software is a, a task analytic, systematic approach to, to user 
activities within the, within the software. And I know Carl can talk a lot more about how that uh, is represented in the in the applications that he develops as well. Let me ask you this question: how How is this connected, similar to, or different than augmentative communication? Well, it's interesting, you know. Uh, because our software is very uh, picture-based, uh, and it, uh, you know, when you touch an image or click an image on the screen, it speaks. Uh, uh, there's always a graphic image and a text label and, and text-to-speech that speaks the, the, the text label. So it has very much of a, an augmentative communication feel. But the purpose of, 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 you, of assembling the images and working with them is not to communicate in a conversational way uh, with someone else. Uh, we do have people who use our, our, our calendaring software to communicate what they're going to be doing to someone else, you know, when they can't express that uh, on their own. But it's different than having a program that's expressly designed for constructing sentences uh, that either uh, communicate functional needs, you know, I need something to eat, uh, I'm thirsty, that kind of thing, or you know, more conversational kinds of speech. So they're different in that way. We're focused more on self-management and and functional skills. Okay, is the device similar looking then? Say that again. Is that device similar? You know how people have the augmentative communication device on their wheelchair. Right. Right. Well, our our software works on any uh, Windows or Macintosh capable computer, and also now works on the iPad, iPhone, and iPod, and and very soon we'll have an Android uh, version as well. Um, wow, that's but, awesome. Yeah. So I, you know, it is it is mobile, and even mo- modern communication devices uh, that you see on uh, mounted on people's wheelchairs. Uh, are, are generally Windows-based machines, and our software will work on, a, on, on any Windows-based machine. Uh, but more and more what you're seeing is that people are migrating to uh, iPad or uh, other kind of tablet-based communication systems that are uh, even more portable and uh, a lot cheaper to uh, to purchase than uh, than some of the older the large communication devices, and that's a good thing because you know some of those uh, communication devices can be just incredibly expensive. Uh, you know, talking you know eight thousand dollars or more, uh, whereas you can buy a, a, an iPad or another kind of, an Android tablet and have access to hundreds of thousands of applications, some of which. Uh, are expressly uh, written for augmentative communication and uh, cost you know a couple hundred dollars or less. So it's 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 a much cheaper way to get into augmentative communication than uh, some of the older devices. Well, yeah, that is really awesome, uh, Carl. You did create uh, the company Accelerations Educational Software. Can you talk in a little bit more detail what that's like? Um, well, let's see. It's been, um, let's see. Uh, well, what we did was uh, 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 we first got the software out to uh, school districts for free, and then um, and then they started becoming our customers, and we we basically evolved the program. We haven't actually had investor support or anything. It's just all been, you know, customer, um, you know, purchases that have moved, you know, the 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 um, you know the technologies and so on forward. And now we're in about 1,100 school districts. We have um, two products. One, you know, the DT trainer, which is our first product, getting kids learning independently, at least some of what we need them to know. And then the uh, the second product um, is the uh, activity trainer, which is uh, uh, trying to make um, video modeling practical in the school districts. You know, there's well over two decades of research showing that video modeling increases acquisition rates across a wide variety of skills and students, and yet it's not common practice. So uh, Dr. Stromer and I looked at what was the disconnect, and it turned out nobody created a player to make it practical. People have been doing, using just regular media players and so on. So we, we created the Activity Trainer. Now it has about 300 activities in it, and and, uh, and we actually are just now releasing our first um, 
tablet um, application. Um, we've uh, it went up on the store, and it actually, for some reason, it got onto the iPhone thing too. And yeah, it works, but it doesn't really work over on the iPhone. Yeah, we've got to make an iPhone version of it, but basically the tablet version, and uh, you know, that's basically activity app shoe time. Uh, we we took you know something from the activity trainer that basically can help a wide range of kids, not just kids with special needs. And if and if that happens, if it really kind of goes, it takes off. It could really become kind of a cash cow, or it could provide us revenue that we need to create all sorts of stuff, um, and uh, including you know the full applications over on the, you know on the um, the tablets. And we're also designing so that they can run on both you know Android and. You know, and um, you know, iPads and, and and other tablet devices and so on. So, um, you know, we know that the customers will have a, a range of, of platforms out there, and we want to support whatever. So, I, you know, AES was about or is about um, you know moving research to practice. It was a lot of you know, you know, I was kind of amazed at how much money the federal government puts into research, and yet there's almost no money for the research to practice part. They figured that the businesses will come along and just productize, but most of the companies are not looking at the research, you know, the established educational companies, so it takes, um, you know, kind of little independents to come along to to, uh, to identify the problems, and um, and it's and it's just, you know without the proper funding behind these things, it's a it's it's a it's a street fight, you know, to really bring a company along, and and that's why you know kind of working together with other companies. You know, one company would have they they'd have done another you know some area they had you know I, I got some help from some other companies in terms of their experience and trying to get something through the through Apple in terms of acceptance of a of a tablet uh, device. Uh, and then, um, uh, and then I may have more experience in some other aspects. So we can share information. That's how we can help uh, help each other, even without um, uh, you know the backers and so on. And what you know, and some of us have you know we have a we want to stay true to a mission and basically to make a big impact or significant impact on um, you know on on populations and. Uh, and sometimes the investors, you know, that, that community, they just want you to come in and, and, you know, take you through a three- to five-year investment cycle, and they sell you off to whomever for whatever purpose and, and no, no real interest in, in making a difference in that particular community. So, um, you know, so anyway, it, it's, been a, it's been a challenge <laughs> to, to, build a, to build a business around, you know, trying to make a difference and, uh, and make a deep impact. But you know we're we're down the road. Um, the current economy is not helping uh, with all the state cut you know uh, cutbacks on school district budgets. Um, you know a lot of districts are are just uh, which is our bread and butter is, is uh, in school districts and a lot of the districts basically you know they they're up against you know multi million dollar budget cuts and so a lot of the technology funds are just not there. Um, you know they're trying to maintain. Teachers and stuff. Sometimes they have to pay or spend certain certain budgets on it, on assistive technology. But wherever they can, they're they're trying to retain people, you know, with whatever monies that they they do have, and and that really puts a drag on you know the kind of of uh, continued you know evolution of the uh, types of tools. But you know the, the things that we've created here are just the tip of the iceberg. There's a whole there's a, there's a there's a really a, a whole area. I wrote a kind of a vision draft of what technology could do could do a number of years ago. And you know we're just you know the things that are out there commercially are just little things here and there. There's nothing even coming close to you know having a comprehensive solution or well not a comprehensive solution but a a set of solutions, you know, that that would answer all the different needs in this area, and that could tremendously leverage our our financial resources and our human resources. Yeah, I think you know one of the things that you realize, you know, from what Carl's saying is that trying to address cognitive disabilities is kind of uh, it, it's not like uh, it's not like physical access. You know, you can you can put a curb cut into a sidewalk. And people with mobility impairments, people in wheelchairs, as well as uh, strollers, skateboarders, and and delivery men can all use that that curb cut to to make the sidewalk more accessible. But people with cognitive disabilities are an incredibly heterogeneous group, and um, there is no one size fits all kind of solution. So I, I think we're just really we're very early on in understanding. 
uh, how to address cognitive disabilities, and it's kind of the, the last area of, of accommodation and accessibility uh, that's really uh, going to be, need to be addressed and, and, and be done so more fully in the future. Right. Well, I'd like to talk about that a little bit more, and we will right after this break. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. We'll be right back. News. Opinion. Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. Did you know that half of America's children will have at least one step-parent by the time they are 15 years old? Throughout history, children have been raised by step-parents, and that number continues to rise. Tune in to Step Wisdom with host Eleanor Alden for topical and historical research about the growing number of step-families and learn the do's and don'ts of patterns of family interaction. Almost all of us will have a step-relationship at some point in our lives. Tune in to Step Wisdom, Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Variety. Nine different energy systems make up the energy body. Energy is all around us and connects us. Energy exerts a major control over our biology and is a big reason why you should be tuning in to energy medicine and optimal health with your host, Dr. Ann Deatley. We'll explore energy balance techniques, tips, and patterns to keep your flow of energy optimal to maintain maximal health. By adopting these techniques, you will keep your energy body and physical body in harmony. Listen for Energy Medicine and Optimal Health, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Hi, I'm Greg Grumberg from the TV show Heroes. One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now please welcome back the host of Disability Matters, here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back to the show. We are talking today about assistive technology for people with cognitive disabilities. It is so awesome. We have Tom Keating and Carl Smith as our guests today. And one question I had, Carl, uh, what types of people with disabilities would this software help, and does the age matter? And what I'm meaning by that is how severe could the cognitive disability be? Well, uh, you know, there is a kind of an upshot or, one, you know, an aspect of autism that that um, is really good for society. And it's just like, you know, like dealing, you know, learning how to how to teach uh, individuals with autism is like, is like, you know, first, I mean, these more modern, severe individuals, it's like going to Mars. It's like it really kind of pushes our, you know, pushes the envelope on our ability to teach and, and so on. But when you do that, then... Then basically, you know, uh, individuals with other other learning disabilities, where you don't have as many uh, different issues kind of presenting at the same time, you know, those, you know, they're more like going and you know going to the moon or having a you know base on moon or um, or doing something in you know uh, in, in orbit or having a uh, you know a space station and stuff like that. Once you can do, you know, once you can go to Mars, it's just all sorts of other things you can do. Well, here with uh, you know with with autism. You know, we're pushing really the the envelope, uh, and uh, in, in in another little aspect of autism is you know uh, is that these kids are all over the map, or these individuals are all over the map, and so you know the methodologies that are effective with it, you know, are about adaptation to the individual, accommodation of their individual needs. But when you get into those principles, basically now you're really talking about adapting it to anybody. So. So the things uh, like with our with our tools, we're used on up to 33% of kids in special ed, um, and even though our content is is um, 
you know, the two to nine developmental range, you know, we don't we do things where we don't baby the individual, which is a generalization issue. Uh, you know, uh, but it's also uh, you know, as a generalization, it's easier to generalize. Well, it's, it's easier to generalize a, like a photo of something to the real world. I'm kind of you know sidetracking here, but um, and then uh, uh, and it's <clears throat> uh, then it's in. Um, I just lost my train of thought here. Um, anyway, I'm I'm on the road. I'm <laughs> a little bit tired and That's stuff. That's all but, right. That's but, uh, all right. But anyway, uh, I mean, uh, go ahead and with your with your next. Now, question. I was asking about the age limit. Right. Right. And you're saying there really isn't then, correct? It, it's the two to nine year old developmental age, but chronologically, it can be you know you can have adults and you can have high schoolers, middle schoolers where they're very severely delayed, um, and you know the same issues that we you know like I said we deal with on, in terms of generalization, those are the same the same techniques that also work for uh, you know make it uh, uh, age appropriate for any age. If you use a photo icon, there's just different things that we can do. Which can accommodate a wide range of kids, and up to you know typically developing individuals, um, but are absolutely necessary. Their accommodations are necessary for those lower functioning individuals. And we have plenty of teachers that say, um, you know that that uh, you know that people wouldn't even think of using um, you know software, or the computers with our kids, and yet they're independent on you know on our tool, you know and. and uh, you know, in, in this case here, so there's there's things where technology can accommodate some really, really uh, very profoundly involved individuals um, and and get them to learn things they haven't learned. My own son, you know, hadn't learned how to. Uh, now he's not that profound and so on, but uh, there's still things, there's skills that that kind of out of out of his reach, at least with certain methodologies. And I hadn't been able to teach him, or for example, I hadn't been able to teach him to tie his shoes for years. Well, with you know, making video modeling, you know, bringing task analysis into it, more systematic teaching. It took about two hours over a two-week period, uh, five minutes here and there, and learned how to tie his shoes. So the right kinds of methods can really make a huge difference, you know, for for kids, you know, and, and individuals that aren't even getting it. I mean, the, the educational system will spend a certain amount of effort on, on a particular, uh, you know, uh, target uh, or goal, but, you know, but beyond that, I mean, they're just—they eventually they have to move on, you know. So, but on the other hand, if you change the method, the teaching method, some of these things that they had given up on before, which really would be, you know, lifetime limiting, you know, they're—you know—if you can't tie knots, you can't tie your shoes. There's there's a whole range of things you just can't do, you know, for the rest of your life. And yeah, you know, right. so, so there's things that they can, you know, these technologies and stuff. Will be able to accommodate appropriately, and also getting the teachers and the and the the teaching assistants to be able, you know, giving them the structure and the support system to be more effective at teaching some of these more um, more involved individuals. Right. Well, I'll tell you what, Tom. I'll, I'm going to skip ahead to ask you about Cognitopia. Yeah. Uh, because I don't. You're the managing partner, and. Um, I think that would be interesting at this time to share with our listeners what that software does. Sure. Yeah. Well, I founded Cognitopia Software in 2003 to provide an additional way to development and develop and market uh, cognitively cognitively accessible self-management software. And the first product to emerge from our development efforts uh, was Picture Planner. We were fortunate enough to uh, receive funding from. Uh, a couple of federal agencies, the Office of Special Education Programs, as well as the National Institute on Disability and Rehabilitation Research, uh, to work in this area. And uh, as Carl mentioned earlier, there's a can be a big gap between the development and commercialization. One eight six six four seven two five seven eight seven, and ask our All Star team to answer your question. That's one eight six six four seven two fifty seven eighty seven. Thank you for calling VoiceAmerica.com. Hi, I'm Greg Grunberg from the TV show Heroes. 
One of my personal heroes is my son, who, like more than 3 million Americans, has epilepsy. When someone with epilepsy is having a seizure, their brain is temporarily producing more electricity than their body can handle. They can shake or stare or fall down. They can also even briefly lose consciousness. If you see someone having a seizure, please make sure they're comfortable and safe. And within a few minutes or less, the electrical overload will stop and they will be okay. To learn more, visit epilepsyfoundation.org. Thank you. Every week, tune in to a new kind of radio show. Carrie Douglas returns to the Voice America Talk Radio Network, along with Voice America's Network Director, Brandy Jackson, for the Mr. Carrie Douglas and Brandy B Show. We'll step inside the minds and lives of everyday people with a focus on how their faith has developed and led them along their personal path. Carrie Douglas is an artist, promoter, writer, and industry mogul, but his mission is deeply rooted by his faith. Tune in every Monday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com If you have a question or comment, call in toll-free at 1-866-472-5788. Now, please welcome back the host of Disability Matters. Here's Joy Spender. Hey, welcome back. We are talking about Cognitopia software with Tom Keating. Tom, do you want to go ahead and explain that? Sure. Uh, I was saying that uh, we have uh, our main product is called Picture Planner, uh, and I'll, I'll tell you about that a little bit, but you can get a lot more information at our website, which is Cognitopia.com. That's C-O-G-N-I-T-O-P-I-A dot com. Uh, in essence, you know, users build activity schedules using images on either a Windows or Mac computer. And they can either then print them out into a booklet that they carry with them, or they can sync them for viewing on an iPad, iPod, or iPhone. And they can also share the schedule with others by syncing it to Google Calendar. And I think that last piece is really important. You know, as we develop applications for people with cognitive disabilities, I think it's really important that they not be siloed in and limited from getting out and communicating with other people. I mean, the, you know, today's world is all about information sharing, and, uh, you know, folks need to be able to share their calendars, uh, share their their ideas, uh, and to tweet, to Facebook, to do all the things that, that everybody's uh, doing uh, in the information sharing world. Um, we're also getting ready to launch uh, in the next couple of months some new self-management applications. Uh, one is a handheld video modeling and instruction app with a companion website that will make it really easy for folks to get uh, video instructions of uh, all kinds to uh, accomplish tasks around the house, in the community, in school, and uh, any place else. And the other is a web-based application that will enable people who are living uh, independently to uh, participate in self-monitoring their personal health and wellness. You know, one of the problems that uh, people have who are in very lightly supervised independent living settings is they may not be good at noticing when they're developing a health problem and uh, so we're developing an application that will help people kind of do a little self-assessment of, uh, of, of pain and discomfort and, and wellness and try to find out uh, early on when people are, are having problems. And, of course, all of that information will be uh, networked and, and, and shareable with uh, caregivers and, and family members. Uh, and our users... For, for our applications represent a really broad range of individuals, uh, including children and adults with intellectual disabilities, autism, brain injury, uh, cerebral palsy, uh, and, and learning disabilities, but also preliterate children, uh, second language learners, and, and even elders, elders both with and without cognitive disabilities, although there's a big incidence of cognitive decline that happens as people age and uh, you know, simplified ways of keeping track of things around the house uh, are going to become increasingly important. You know, so our, our our applications are really for anyone who prefers to work with images rather than text, and who can benefit from a system simplified way to systematically uh, create calendars and learn about activities, receive task prompts. I think in in our work to date, there's been a bit of a sweet spot among transition aged 
high school students and adults in community living settings uh, with cognitive disabilities who could really benefit from more accessible ways uh, to manage daily life. But uh, as Carl, you know, pointed out earlier, when you're when you're developing for people with cognitive disabilities. You're reaching a lot of other people too. You know, uh, I don't think anyone ever went broke trying to make software applications easier to use. You know, there's a lot of neurotypical people out there who could benefit from from more accessible uh, and systematically designed applications as well. Right. Well, I'll tell you, it's very exciting to hear all of this because um, there are many people that do not have a voice, and this gives them a voice. And uh, I've met a lot of those people, so it's exciting for me to see an ability to break down barriers for people to communicate. But I'll tell you, uh, I know we're getting close to the end of the show, but over the past nine years, I have asked every single guest the next two questions. So I'm going to start with you, um, Tom. You have already accomplished so much in your life but if you had to mention one thing as your greatest accomplishment, what would that be? Wow. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I guess I, I'd have to say my family relationships, you know, uh, including my two boys, my, my wife, and, and my brother James. Um, you know, without my family, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. And without my brother James, I, I, I wouldn't have become so steeped in uh, the area of special education and uh, have have my particular sense of what that means and and what uh, what 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 can be done to to help support uh, people with 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 disabilities. Uh, you know, I, I always say I'd I'd give I'd give a lot a lot of money to spend five minutes inside my brother's head just to understand really how he sees the world because it's uh, it's a unique. Uh, way that he does see it, and it and it works for him. And you know, when you get to to know him, what you realize is that it's 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 a two way relationship. You, you know, I, I think you know people sometimes get the idea uh, that we uh, neurotypical people are helping uh, people with disabilities, and it's 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 so much a two way relationship. Where there's an enormous amount of giving and and receiving on each side of, of of it. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Again, how family has such a major impact on everything we do. And I would hope that the day would come that through work like yours, more people with disabilities would have a better way of living. Well, I I, I think we've got a tremendous upside to what we're doing, and I and I think we're going to be able to, I'm proud of what we've been able to do with our technology development. I'm looking forward to doing a lot more, but you know, there's also a, like a huge social side to this. You know, there's, technology can do so much to help people uh, kind of swim through life's stream a little better, and I'm really excited about mobile technology, both because of the enormous number of apps that are being developed out there, that if you have one of these devices, there's almost certainly going to be an app developed that will meet your needs. It's almost approaching the level of customized software based on individual needs because people like Carl and me and others are out there developing apps based on our individual perspective. So, you know, the, the, the other thing you, you realize about the mobile technology is it's very normative. You know, it's a, a, an iPad or an iPhone or what have you is so much less stigmatizing than some of the older, uh, clunkier AT devices. But there's also a big social dimension. You know, kids of all stripes can gather around and play a video game on an iPad, uh, and, and there's, there's an inclusive element to that, you know, and and I think I see that through the eyes of my two sons, who are both 11 years old, they're uh, twin boys, and I mean, if what their view on disability is so much different than kids may have been 10 or 20 years ago, both because of the relationship with their uncle James, uh, but also because they go to school with kids with disabilities and they work in the computer lab with kids with disabilities and they just don't see the differences the way people used to see them and that's a very good thing. Mm -hmm. Yes, that is a very good thing. 
Thank goodness for that. That is our upside. Well, listen, if, if you had to leave one message with our listeners today, what would that be? Boy, you know, it depends on, on, on your perspective. I, I, what I always tell people is if, you know, this is less and less the case, but if you're not playing with technology, uh, get in the game and, 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 and do it because there's so much that can be done to help, uh, help people of, of whatever stripe, uh, to, to accomplish more of what they want to do, uh, by, by doing that. But I, you know, I'd also say that, um, you know, when as as those of us who might be service providers uh, or uh, employers, uh, you know, look around and 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 look at all the tools that you use in your daily life that make your life easier. You know, a guy named John Kemp has a wonderful quote. He says, uh, you know, for, for people without disabilities, technology makes it better, and, but for people with dis- disabilities, technology makes it possible. And I think there's a lot of truth to that. You know. Technology for a lot of us makes life kind of more fun or easier or more productive. But if you have a particular need and technology can fill it, uh, it makes things possible that you that weren't you won't wouldn't otherwise be able to do. Wow, is that John Kemp that I know? I'm sure it is. Uh, the wonderful. I, I'd also recommend to anybody who's never heard John Kemp speak, if you happen to have that opportunity, take advantage of it. <laughs> Yeah, he is a phenomenal speaker. He really is. He is a great speaker. Well, that's great to use that quote because that quote is so accurate, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It's right on the money. Well, listen, I want to thank you so much for being with us today because I, I know that for our listeners, especially parents or siblings uh, of people with cognitive disabilities, I'm sure this gives them hope that they did not have. Well, thanks very much for having us on today. It's been a real pleasure. Well, it's been my pleasure. And remember, everyone, if you just tuned into the last part of the show, but you have someone that you want to hear this, all you have to do is go to voiceamerica.com or benderconsult.com because all these shows are archived and open captioned for our friends from the deaf community. Um, So you can go back, you can hear it, or you can refer to another person so they can hear it. So we want to end the show today with a quote from a great civil rights leader for people with disabilities that impacts technology. New information and communications technologies can improve the quality of life for people with disabilities, but only if such technologies are designed from the beginning so that everyone can use them, says President Bill Clinton. Thank you so much for being our guest today, and thank all of you great listeners for supporting this show. This is Joyce Bender, America's Voice, where disability matters at voiceamerica.com. Talk to you next week. Voice America would like to thank you for tuning in. Please join us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another installment of Disability Matters right here on the Internet Leader and Talk Radio, voiceamerica.com. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. It's staff and management.